0: Good evening, good afternoon. I hope you guys have been having a wonderful week. I know I have. And it's good to be back. I tell you, taking midterm exams really, really suck. I mean, there is nothing happy about taking a midterm exam. And if you like midterm exams, more power to you because by God, I felt myself being tortured. Absolutely tortured. And you know why? It's because in law school, you get two graded assignments. You basically have your midterm which is only worth 5% give you. And then you have the final, which is worth 95%. So even if you do fantastic on this midterm, it means nothing, nothing. It's only a scale to see where you're at, which also sucks because if you fail this midterm, you're going to be racking your head around, oh my God, am I going to fail the final? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? But anyway, that's my problem, not yours. I actually did pretty decent on one of mine, so I'm actually pretty happy. But that's not why you're here. You're not here to talk about my struggles with law school. You're here to hear about what I have to talk about this week. And you know what? Just because it is October, I figured we'd go ahead and talk about one of my favorite subjects for the month, horror movies. And I love horror movies let me tell you i love the classics frankenstein dracula friday the 13th nightmare on elm street fright night evil dead halloween scream and many many more and you know what they're very fun to watch especially if they're super scary and sure some of the older ones especially ones that relied a lot on technology that used to make them scary back then are kind of dated and don't have the same effect that they once did Some of the other movies that actually use practical effects to hide still hold up to this day. I mean, think about it. If you guys ever watched John Carpenter's The Thing, that still holds up pretty well to this day, especially with the practical effects, the puppetry that they used, and Alien. Oh my God, does Alien still hold up? Because I mean, I think he was like Jaws. He was only on the screen for like four five minutes of the entire movie which just added to the suspense and when you actually did get to see him like in Jaws the costume was fantastic the practical effects now those made horror movies back then And some of the uses for the practical effects made you kind of scarred after seeing these movies. I remember when I was first introduced to Alien and Child's Play by my dad for the first time. Alien scared the heck out of me because the effects look so real and just the thrill of this creature chasing you was just so surreal. It made me not want to go through every corner and basically look up for most of my life because I was like, oh my God, this thing is going to be above me, isn't it? And when it came to child's play, that one more scarred my little sister than me just because she had one of those talking dolls. And after watching a movie about a murderous talking doll, it really, really didn't help her. Yeah, she really went through a phase after that. I don't blame her. Some of those talking dolls, especially with those like unblinking eyes, just staring back at you. I don't know what it is about little girls with these dolls. It's just creepy. It really is creepy. But one thing that had always interest me about horror movies is that with each decade, they kind of stick to a common theme. And towards the end of each decade, we kind of get new movies that end up paving the new way for the new decade. In the 1930s and 40s, we mostly got a bunch of horror movies that were monster themed. Think about it. They had Dracula, Frankenstein, The Mummy, The Wolfman, The Invisible Man. And one thing that was kind of interesting about these movies is that they had a shared universe. And a lot of these monster movies did crossovers which were kind of creative. I mean, some of them actually did comedy crossovers. I think Abbott and Costello met a bunch of these horror movie characters, but still, they basically went with a theme and stuck to it with most of people remembering these decades for these types of movies. And even with the horror movies that were a part of this decade... They used a lot of practical effects because there wasn't no thing such as CGI or they could use a computer to add some effects. And they got really creative and it must have been super hard to come up with because remember, this is the 1930s and 40s. This was the beginning of movies in general. So they basically had to become sort of gurus on how to manipulate the camera to get the effect that they wanted. One of my favorite horror movies ab- in around these decades was Shh, The Octopus. They used a camera shielding and a particular set of makeup that could be hidden because of the shielding. And when it was removed, the transition from this lady going from semi-old to horrific to a battered old woman was seamless. I mean, my God, if you go ahead and look up this clip... It's incredible, you're like, oh my god, did they have CGI back then? And it wasn't, it was just practical effects that sadly has been kind of forgotten as people have relied on CGI. And one thing that also- that's awesome is when you watch these movies for the first time, you're kind of in awe and wondering how they're able to pull off these kind of creative stuff. And with the decades that have passed, horror movies have gotten better with time. When it came to the 1940s and 60s, movie directors had an entire canvas to paint, beginning with uh, coming up with different types of monster movies, serial killer movies, supernatural movies, all the way up to kaiju movies. I mean, we got a bunch of well-known movies that have been remade in this era. We got The Blob, which is easily a classic night of the living dead which basically kick-started the whole zombie craze which isn't a bad thing and basically made uh, George A Romero a well known house name and gave us many sequels gave and this decade also gave us Alfred Hitchcock which some argue that his horror movies were not horror in theme but I disagree and will disagree I mean sure were they thrillers but one can argue that his movies were both thrillers and horror movies and one thing also is we kind of entered an experimental phase with a bunch of these horror movies since Again, these were the horror movies that were painted with a canvas, a blank canvas. So future directors will look back and say, okay, this is what they did. Let me see how I can build off of it. And I will give credit where credit is due because I mean, when you have a blank canvas to work upon, it's easy to come up with original ideas. So don't worry, I'm not knocking directors today. They have a much harder job with almost a hundred years of horror movies to come up with something new or just build upon something that's there. Now, when we basically ended the 60s and entered into the 70s, we got more into supernatural horror, with a hint of man-made monsters added in for the most part. We got The Exorcist, The Omen, Salem's Lot, Eraserhead, Halloween, Last House on the Left, Carrie, I Spit on Your Grave, and many, many more. Now, the one thing that was interesting about this era is the fact that they experimented a lot with using blood now if you look at a lot of these movies there was a lot of gore not like gore in the 80s that was just a whole nother level but they basically were like hey the people in the movie business is letting up on how much blood we can use let's use a whole bunch of it and just see where we can go and not to mention we basically got cult classics during this era too and a lot of directors didn't have any budgets for the movies that they were making and basically had to to build upon that like halloween if you look up the budget for halloween it is abysmally small which is why you have scenes where michael myers is just hanging around and they were just in certain locations it's because they couldn't film anywhere else there was no budget to film and that's why if you look it up they basically took a william shatner Mask basically bleached it and said, This is basically what we're going to use. It wasn't because they were creative, it was because they had no budget to work with. And you know what? Sometimes that's the best way to make a horror movie because you got to take things simple, and sometimes simple is best. And after the 70s of experiments, we basically went into the 80s where we went back to monsters, but these weren't the monsters of yesteryear, we got experimental with these monsters, and the 80s basically introduced us to monsters of either our own making, supernatural in origin, or from outer space. And this led to an era where a lot of well-known horror movies and characters basically were brought to life. And a lot of these directors and writers got creative into making these new horrors for people to experience friday the 13th basically told us hey don't go to a lake and basically be aware of your surroundings or jason's gonna come get you fright night basically revamped the vampire genre and not to mention and i know i'm gonna get slack if i don't mention this the lost boys did too i mean vampire movies before these two were kind of getting old and they went back to the whole blah 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 i'm gonna drink your blood dracula with fright night it's like hey your neighbor may be a vampire watch out and with the lost boys heck an entire city could be a freaking vampire nest and we were also introduced to unkillable and iconic characters like freddy krueger who basically scared children from falling Asleep, Pinhead, who made people become very weary about finding a puzzle, and of course, again, Friday the 13th, where Jason Voorhees made sure not to go into a camp, especially during the night or if you're a teenager, because you're most likely going to die. And, like I said, in the 70s era, they started experimenting with gore, the 80s just went with it and just poured as much gore as possible. If you want a perfect example of this, The Evil Dead series 1 and 2, they used so much gore that it just became funny. Like, if you watch the movie today, you're like, why is there so much excessive gore? And you're like, you know what? They went with it, they decided to do it, and it just came from somewhere in someone's brain of creativity. And not to mention, this era is where we came up with interesting movies as well, especially with... John carpenter who basically was a huge pro creating monsters and interesting movies. One of my favorite movies that he made that I love so much is The Thing, especially with the practical effects that they use that still holds up to the standard. I mean, the movie kept you guessing on who the heck was the alien, who was the monster. I mean, you couldn't tell. It wasn't someone who could be just pop up like Freddy Cougar or Jason Voorhees, where they had something that could tell you who they were. The Thing? forget it once it transforms you're screwed you gotta either kill it by fire or basically trick it to reveal yourselves and it kind of raised the stakes for horror movies to kind of hey you gotta be creative or your movie isn't gonna do good and not to mention we got an era of stephen king movies which honestly definitely kicked off the horror standard with children of the corn christine dead zone Cujo maximum overdrive and many many more and not to mention this basically decade inspired so many people to continue to make horror movies or horror-esque movies i mean seriously people got freaky and was like all right we have horror movies let's kind of take that and put it into different genres i mean look at tales of the crypt beetlejuice killer clowns from outer space little shop of horrors elvira critters gremlins ghostbusters and so so many more i mean people were inspired to kind of take horror movies and turn them into something else and it was great i mean heck i wish people would do that today but i mean creativity and all and one thing also was the 80s basically was about building a horror movie franchise or esque franchise to get everyone's freaky side happy i mean think about how many friday the 13th movies are there Halloween movies, Nightmare on Elm Street movies, Pinhead movies, Chucky movies. Like I said, we have a lot of franchises that came from the 80s that are still alive today. And I love that. I mean, heck, they even made comic book characters about these guys. Especially when it came to, uh, I think, what, Jason has a bunch of comics under his name and so does Freddy Krueger. But the one thing a lot of these directors did and writers was they left the film open for anyone to come back and do more movies. Look at uh, Freddy. The ending of Friday the 13th also basically had Jason pop up from behind and grab the girl. And we're like, okay, new guy coming in. And then we had Friday the 13th too, where Jason took over for his mother. Again, left the movie open-ended for someone to take and run with it, which was fantastic. And I like it because they took a note from the monster movies of old. They basically let a character be creative, build upon that character. And if someone wants to come in and take that character into new direction, they could. I mean, think about it. We got a man who can kill you in your sleep. A puzzle box that if you open it will basically send you to hell. An undying man who resurrects and will chase you until you die. An alien hunter that hunts and kills warriors with his tech. An alien that can manipulate its DNA to mimic any living creature to kill and survive. Oh my god, the 80s were such an inspiration to horror movies. And when we made the shift to the 90s, you could tell that they knew what the 80s had brought and kind of evolved it in a way. Because horror movies in the 90s became a little more complex, especially when it came to their characters and the mystery. I mean, there were still some super... Uh, supernatural element involved, but we began to go towards more human esque villains and characters. Look at movies like Silence of the Lamb, Scream. Movies like this made us realize that humans can be just as frightening as the monsters of old. Not to mention, we started to get monsters and creatures of our own making. I mean, look at I Know What You Did Last Summer. That was a monster of these teens making. Outbreak also brought us movies where, hey, There doesn't need to be a main villain for something to be horrifying. It can be a disease. Candyman, another monster of someone's making. Flatliners. Deep Blue Sea basically focuses on what happens when you try to mess with the forces of nature. And that was really great. I mean, a lot of these movies were more think-worthy than most of the 80s movie. And you know what? It made for some really good watching. Also, another thing was the 90s were also known for witch-type movies too. I mean, you had Hocus Pocus... The Witches, The Craft, and that's just to name a few. It was a good time and towards the end of the decade and into basically the 2000s, we doubled down on the supernatural aspect and filled the era with either demons and ghosts with a sprinkle, a sprinkle of human-based horror movies. I mean, we got more creative with a lot of these horror movies too. I mean, we got supernatural movies like The Ring, Drag Me to Hell, Final Destination, Trick or Treat, which honestly, I am so mad they didn't make a sequel of. Jennifer's Body, Wreck, House of Wax, Dead Silence, another underrated horror movie. I mean, if you have not seen Dead Silence, definitely would recommend it. Such a good movie. The Descent, One Missed Call, 1408, one of my favorite Stephen King movies, especially what, Samuel L. Jackson, John Cusack? You you can't miss. The Mist, another another great film. The Grudge, Shutter. In so many different other types of Supernatural movies. Ironically enough, we got very little sequels to these movies. Besides, of course, The Ring and Final Destinations are exceptions to this. But it was weird because we were used to the 80s where, hey, we're giving you a bunch of sequels. The 90s did this too with Scream and a few other horror movies. But yeah, the 2000s gave us very few... Uh, sequels I mean of course I will mention Saw that was a big one that had so many sequels I mean even to this day we got 10 and number 10 was actually pretty good but I'll save that for later but one thing also is when it came to the late 90s and 2000s we also went into an era of found footage horror movies because one they were I wouldn't want to say easy to make but they were a lot simpler to do and not to mention they were so much cheaper to make I mean look at the Blair Witch I mean, Cloverfield, Wreck, Lake Mungo, just to name a few. I mean, you really didn't need to have a high budget. You just needed a camera. And, I mean, the anticipation will do the work for you. Look at the Blair Witch Project. Such a great movie, especially building up the horror because you don't know what's happening. Your only viewpoint is the camera. And they did it perfectly. Of course, you had the sequel to that, which sucks, and... Yeah, I don't want to talk about the sequel, nor do I want to talk about the other sequel that came out. But of course, like I said before, we also got a little human-based horror characters in there as well, which became more iconic. The Collector was another one. Jigsaw, I think honestly, out of all the movies that came out of that decade, was the most well-known because one, he was very different and vastly superior to a lot of the characters that we got before. Because remember jigsaw wasn't a guy with some supernatural powers he wasn't a complex serial killer who will kill you and eat you he basically trapped you because of your sins that you made and basically made you fight to live and you know what some of those death traps were creative as heck i mean people got creative with those uh, death traps i mean look at a jigsaw and tell me that that's not even possible to make i had a friend who went into civil engineering and said you know what some of these are actually doable and i'm like stop don't don't think about that no we we don't need a real life jigsaw another thing the 2000s did was also give us a rise in zombie movies and of course i don't know would that go into supernatural elements because they're on dead uh maybe You know what? I'll put a pin on that. But, I mean, we got movies like 28 Days Later, 28 Weeks Later, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, and so many more. I mean, heck, Wreck was a fantastic zombie movie. I don't know where they went with the sequel. I thought it was terribly where they went with, what, Demon-esque? I mean, heck, the first one was really good. But, I mean, if you like the sequel, do each your own. But, and we basically got more zombie movies as well. Some of them were good, some of them were... I don't know why they remade Wreck. I mean, Quarantine was just a play-by-play in English. I mean, come on, people, you need to read subtitles. But I'm glad we're into that era, especially with Parasite winning an Oscar. I was so happy. But anyway, back to the horror movie aspect. When it came to the 2010s, this decade was filled more with demonic or just very very ticked off ghosts i mean we got what heredity slender man the conjuring paranormal activity lights out as above so below it follows the babadook insidious just to name a few and like i said if it wasn't a demon it was a mad spirit and during this era and yes we did get franchises like paranormal activities the conjuring um uh, what was the other one? Insidious. And I believe they're about to make a sequel to It Follow. So I don't know if I will count that as a franchise yet. Maybe a couple other movies in that era. But still, one thing that kind of sucked is people got really, really lazy during this decade. Because everything was something demonic. And it was basically the same thing. I mean, think about it. In the 2000s, we had a variety of different horror movies. In the 90s, too. I mean, if you wanted to watch a movie about a witch... There's a witch if you wanted to watch a movie about a dude killing there was a dude killing but most of the movies were just demonic and ghostly and it kind of got tiring because it was the same thing give us a variety it basically turned into quantity over quality which sucked it really did and you know what it's funny because the movies that didn't have a demon in them shine it, they really shined I mean look at get out the quiet place us brightburn i mean this decade also gave the rise to a24 because they were getting known for their indie type horror movies i mean look at the witch heredity saint Maud. a lot of these movies sure they delved into the supernatural aspect but they kind of delved into human psyche as well and basically showed how that could be scary too i mean heck people are scary and they really delved into it really really well and after this era, and towards the end of the 2010s, moving on to the 2020s, we actually ended up in an interesting place for horror movies. This decade, in my opinion, and again, if I'm wrong, it's my opinion, so don't sue me, I think we're going into a revival era, where instead of doing a bunch of remakes, we're getting sequels to a horror franchise once thought dead or finished. I mean, look, we got Saw 10, Predator, which they made a prequel called Prey, Aliens, which they're making another sequel, Scream, we already got two and a third, another one on the way, Halloween, Chucky, a sequel to The Exorcist, a sequel to Chainsaw Massacre, which if you saw, my condolences, Gremlins, and The Craft*. I mean, heck, we even got a revival of the Invisible Man, who was a character from 100 years ago, which I never thought would get a revival. And not to mention, we're still getting your typical supernatural theme movies, but we're getting experimental again. And that is amazing, and some of these directors are getting really creative into a new direction when taking these movies. I mean, look at Mad God. That, if you haven't had the pleasure of watching that, it's made by, uh, I can never pronounce this man's name, Guantamo Del Toro, I think, made it. It is fantastic. It's stop motion, too. So you can tell there was creativity. Smile was another good one. It was different, too, because it delved with human psyche, but in a supernatural element. And a monster that fed off of that. That was really cool. And it was different. I mean, I remember seeing the trailer for it. And the trailer actually got me. And not to mention, we're beginning to see a lot of technology horror-based horror movies. Look at Megan. Megan is just the beginning of this aspect. Because now we're getting more AI... And I'm guarantee you we're going to see more horror movies based on AIs going wrong and so on and so forth. Not to mention, we're getting a huge lineup of TV shows that delve into the horror aspect as well. I mean, look at uh, the newest one that dropped, The Fall of the House of Usher, which if you didn't know, is based off a poem story by Edgar Allan Poe. The Haunting of Bly Manor, Chucky, and that's just to name a few. And we're going back to also making horror-esque movies that aren't really horror movies. Beetlejuice 2, we're getting a sequel to Gremlins. And remember, Gremlins wasn't a horror movie traditionally in the sense. It was more comedy. But also, it's just amazing that we're stepping back into an experimental and revival of or franchises. Because honestly, we can take these franchises and turn them into a new light and basically... Dig them back from the dead, and I'm just glad we're just making continuances of these franchises and not just remaking them. Cause my God, I saw the remake of Pinhead. That was not good. It was eh, but it, I'd rather just have a continuance. I mean, even if the older actors aren't like in the shape to continue them, you can get other people to play them. I mean, the dude who plays Freddy Krueger. You know who he said he would have replace him. Kevin Bacon. I thought about that, and you know what? I think Kevin Bacon could probably do a great job. And just to be clear, I didn't think the dude who did the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street did a bad job. I mean, he, with the makeup, was incredible. But yeah, no, they took out uh, Freddy Krueger's humor aspect, and that was basically a big part of the movie as well. And one thing that I think we're going to see happen as well, especially when we're going into this new experimental phase, I think we're going to be seeing crossovers of different horror franchises which is going to be really cool because we never really had that in the past few decades the only horror movies that basically crossed over with each other was freddy versus jason and alien versus predator i can't think of another horror franchise that basically did a crossover there are some talks to do like an insidious versus the conjuring type thing and that would be kind of interesting to see and you know what we should go for that too crossovers showing that these places share a universe where we might be seeing interactions with each other i mean i remember where it was people's dream for chucky to meet ghostface and freddy cougar and stuff like that they actually had that in the comics which I don't know why they didn't turn that into a movie. That would be pretty cool. But anyway, like I said, I think we're going into a new experimental phase and I think it's going to be a really good one for this decade. And for some reason, if we go back to what we did in the 2000s, I'm just going to be disappointed. But anyway, that's it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Please like, subscribe, and tell your friends about this podcast because I would appreciate it and it would see us grow. I mean, heck, can you imagine if I start having guests That is my dream, to have someone here to bounce off ideas and who loves comics, movies, and TV shows just as much as I do. But, like I said, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you guys have a good one and see you guys next week. Sayonara, see you later, and have a good one. Goodbye.